hello welcome to the books by authors podcast yeah thank you for having me i'm excited this is uh this is an international call <laughs> yeah it is yeah melbourne and boston you said yep <laughs> yes um so do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself introduce yourself for them all right so my name is brian sherlock yeah that's not a pen name by the way so it's legit. Um, I am from Melbourne and in Australia, and I'm currently self-publishing my own fiction on Amazon because the wait has been very long and painful. So, yeah, I thought I'd make it happen myself. All right. Talk to us a little bit about the book. Uh, so I've got two books. Well, one has been published. The other is going to be published next month. The first is called Chaos Surging. It is it is a dystopian fantasy set in the future and it revolves around, this is a very old, um, you could say this is a very old story. We've heard about people, humans interacting with empowered beings and yeah, it's not going very well for them in, at the time of the story. And the other book is a novella called Icarus Falling. It's a, um, it's been described as a thriller about a body modifier in London and how he interacts with the corporate world. So yeah, two different genres. One's definitely dystopian fantasy, LGBTQ, and I know there's another one in there somewhere. We'll keep it at that for now. And the other is strictly thriller, but I've got the plan to do sequels, but it's gonna to lead towards mystery. So I'm not using my surname for that one. Just I thought, no, nah, it's gonna look very tacky. <laughs> Sherlock on Mysteries, so I'm using doors for that one. And those are both on Amazon by MDS. Hey, so what inspired you to write these uh, to write these books? Okay, so origin stories are very different for both. So Chaos Surging, I've been working on that since I was 14, and I'm 31 now, so it's been quite a ride. And <laughs> started in high school, and best describe it it was very poorly formed fan fiction back then so but then i was a very big fan of the x-men at the time i thought so i thought i want to write about superpowers and yeah just uh it definitely changed over the years so it's been well 10 plus years and it had differing forms and then i think it was um oh when i was watching sense on netflix it had this very unique form of storytelling. I thought I want to use that for this universe of mine. So in, oh, when was it? 2000 and let me see, I was finished. 2018, I got the draft done that I, that I published now. And yeah, so it just, I was paying attention to a lot of what people wanted to read about, etc. And I'm just thinking, I'm so grateful for that time that's passed since 14 now. Got it, made the book what I really wanted it. And now two more sequels are coming out. One next year, the other once I've finished the first draft for it. And the other, Icarus Falling, that one really surprised me when I came up with the idea. I was doing my night class and it was my turn to do workshops. And my teacher was saying, we need, we got to have something. And now I've got to write something up and then a friend of mine posted a video of a body modifier and I thought my initial thought was that is very confronting 
imagery right there. So, but then a couple of minutes later, I thought, I'm getting really fascinated by these body modifiers. It's like each one is very different. Their reasons for doing what they do differ all the, all the same. And I thought, write a short prose about three different people interacting with this one body modifier and um, see how they each um, just write their own different opinions of it. So then I workshopped it, the class enjoyed it. So and they said we want to know what happens next, and I thought I got it published in London, my first paid piece, which is great. But then a couple of other writers were doing sequels with that magazine, the New Accelerator. So I thought, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I was backpacking in Malaysia and Singapore at the time, and I thought, let's throw together a sequel. I'm kind of bored in the hostel, so yeah, make that happen. Then. I just thought, let's write a bit more of it. And then this year I had a finished draft and thought, I'm going to put this on Amazon as well. So, yeah, so hoping I haven't really confused you with what I've just said. <laughs> no, it made, it made a lot of sense. It makes a, it's a following. Yes. Um, so each, both, both read very different origins, very different stories. Uh, the thing with um, Icarus is I've told it from the point of views of characters who interact with the main character. So that's how I thought this is going to, hopefully this will stand apart from other reads you've come across. Sort of like um, an epistolary novel, except mm. instead of documents, you've got people and witnesses. So yeah, that's how I sort of pictured that one. Yeah, so yeah, that's cool. we'll be out. <laughs> that is cool. So let's talk a little bit about that process. Like what, what was the thought process when you decided to tell the story from a couple points of views. I know multi-POV is, is hard. Oh, well, um, well, it comes back to that video I watched of that body modifier and just my, at first I was confronted by, I thought this is very extreme, but then fascination took over. So that's sort of, I wrote the short story then, but I thought I want to keep going with this style. And it, so that's probably the process for that one. Just, it was pretty, pretty interesting getting into different people's heads and I found it another I like to get the most out of my characters I just I thought this was a really good way of um milking them as much as I can in a short amount of time yeah so I guess that's the answer I have for that one yeah I like that I like that because um so I'm writing a book also but to my brother for co-authoring and we have multiple character perspectives uh because I feel like you just need, sometimes you just need it. Like sometimes you yeah. need to be able to see someone else's thoughts. Yeah. I was like, um, it's, it's the case with me reading other books. And like at some point, the main character, I'm going to sort of get very tired with them. And I want to <laughs> hear what someone else has to say. So I guess that's where I come from in that, in that department. Yeah, get it, get it to see the, get it to see the story through other lenses, and because you get to make them sound different. Like everyone has their own way of viewing the world, or own way of describing, a way of speaking. Yeah, definitely. And um, I thought sort of challenged myself as well because um, Icarus it involves. Well, you may have seen on my Insta page, I'm doing the point of view characters. There's a bit of diversity going on there. I thought sort of learning experience for. A writer in general to get into the skin of someone else and sort of try and reflect them as accurately as possible. Mm. For example, 
one of them is one of the characters is on the spectrum so it's implied autism or asperger's and they've got a very unique thinking thinking process and i've had i've used i used to teach children who were on the spectrum so i've seen very different um i want to i really want to word this word this as politely as, as um sensitively as possible each one is very different but then yeah, I think I've just switched my, just my words up there. Uh, just each one is very different and just try to reflect that as best possible. Yeah, I definitely understand that because when you're writing a diverse group of characters, it's like you want to pull from what you know and then research also just to make yeah, sure you're doing everything accurately. Yeah, it's my, uh, one of my rules is um, I say I'm writing a black character, if you're okay with that wording. Um, as you can see, I'm not not of African descent. So I'm writing a character of that description. I definitely would have wanted to find someone in that group who just the insight and just I know I'm not going to appease everyone, but if I can at least get one person to say, I'm I can feel pretty confident with that character. Yeah, it's just like then you can move on. Um, so I also wanted to ask a little bit about that publishing process. What was it like publishing the first uh, the first novel? And what did you learn um, as you go into the second? Um, yeah, so that was, that was definitely a big learning experience. Um, about 10 years ago, I did my writing course at a technical school, I think you would call it. And we did publishing. And I learned a bit from that. And my teacher is always open to ebooks and such. But things have changed since then a lot. And I'm def I was definitely in the dark a bit. But then Instagram, I'm meeting all of these self-published authors who go with Amazon and other platforms. And they, I have a question, they can answer it in no time. And then YouTube tutorials are very helpful. So, um, yeah, I decided to go self-publishing because I could, I always wanted to hold a book with my name on it in my hands. That was possibly the easiest, most effective means of achieving that goal. And then you just, I think some of the horror stories you see in publishing really threw me off traditional because um, I was reading this one when, um, oh, back when American Dirt came out, Janine Cummins sort of created, there was a controversy around that book. Then another publisher or another writer, I don't know who that was, but they were, they spent years aiming towards this big publishing deal, getting their book out. And they were about, about six months away from launching. The publisher says, sorry, we don't think it's all right to publish this book right now. And I'm thinking, oh, that is just brutal. Ah, I don't know who this writer was, but I was feeling for them so badly. I mean, they got to keep the advance. It's not their fault the book couldn't come out. But I just thought, if that was, if that was me, I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> Could not stomach that. So another upside is you can definitely ensure your words come out. I think the biggest, well, editing as you asked, that's, is tricky thing to get around. But then at the end of the day, you just have to be confident that the final product is what you're happy with and what you think, what you believe others will be happy with. Because there's no one, there's no higher power to tell you. When your book is ready, that's all on you. Um, the cover, 
the cover part, making the getting the cover done, I definitely always go to a professional for that one because not everyone has those skills. And then um, just research what covers suit your genre. Because I was like going to bookshops and just taking pictures of covers and deciding which ones would good deciding which ones would be best to incorporate into my one. And then um oh what was the last one? Uh yeah, so the biggest the hardest part I'd say was about publishing is the marketing now. Mm. Like um you can write the best book you can, get an awesome cover, people will like it, but then getting it out to the masses, which that's the biggest hurdle I've had so far with that one. Yeah, so definitely it's achievable, but then marketing is the biggest one for me that's slowing me down. So yeah. Yeah, you touched, you touched on some really good stuff. Um, I think the the fact that like, one, you can get the book out mm. in a timely fashion. I've heard, yeah. I've heard people tell me they waited two or three years after they finished the manuscript before us, like a traditional publisher would publish their book. Mm. I was like, that is a long time after you're good with it for it to sit in. I mean, I mean people are welcome. To, people can choose to go track go traditional if they want to, it's their choice, it's their, it's their call. And for the time, that's what I wanted as well, but it's like, you're competing with so many different, so many others, and then you've got the opinions of these publishers, then they want to change things, and then are you really left with what you wanted to publish in the first place? So mm -hmm. another advantage is keeping creative control over your reads, which, a lot of people definitely miss out on in some areas. So, I mean, you've got the film industry, someone will write an awesome screenplay, but then pub producers will want to change it, etc. Which, which, yeah, it's just it's a big, uh, you could say it's a double edged sword of necessary evil or something, something like that. And yeah, so yeah, and then you've got vanity publishers, which are just I have no patience for those whatsoever. So, they went from those. So, but Amazon just, it, uh, the marketing side, but then you still get to still get what you want out of it, which is your book the way you want it. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's important to realize because no way is wrong. Cause both have their, both have their goods and bads. That's right. Definitely have their goods and bads. And I wanted to ask about that. I wanted to ask about, um, what is something you wish you knew uh, before going into self-publishing? Marketing, definitely. Yes. Um, so you said that quick. I did. It's like the um, everything else. I'm everything else. I'm pretty confident with, and I'm um, happy to learn more about, etc. Like just marketing. It's like that's the one I look at. And, oh yes, yeah. Fortunately, there are some tricks I have learned. So for example, one person said, if you ever get the opportunity to do, opportunity to do an interview, so for like publications or pub, podcast example, take it because that's and potentially you're going to get your name out to at least 10 people if I'm lucky. They'll tell 10 more, etc. And then time passes, you've got to people, your name is in circulation. So then social media, it's like free, just have to, market yourself as 
effectively as possible. So I'm hoping I've done some good with my little Insta account. And I've got a Facebook page now. So yeah, so there's some little bits and pieces I've picked up on. And what I really love to do is get my read into the hands of a big influencer and then one drop, one name drop by then. And I've potentially got thousands <laughs> knowing, who, knowing about the reads now. Yeah, I think that all that's important. Like, I've, I've been thinking on my end, obviously, like, who do you get the book out to? How do you get advanced readers? How do you, how do you get influencers? How do you go about uh, navigating that process? Yeah, so fortunately, well, my stories have, um, my Insta stories have had a bit of attention from these big, big names. So, for example, Alex Benayan, he wrote The Third Door, and he's had a couple of views. There have been some journalists here in Australia who have had a, had a look and even a um, Eurovision performer. So I'm thinking, oh, hopefully one of them wants to pick up the book and have a read and say something nice about it, which would be very chuff-worthy, definitely. Um, yeah, so... Okay, I forgot the question now. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, just marketing in general. It's Yeah. Yeah, so um, hopefully that can help out in some some manner. I mean, I'm, I've even tried, as I said before, I was watching Sensei that gave me, helped me, a step, sort of helped me form the, form the current form for Chaos Virgin. I even went so far as to send a copy to Lana Wachowski via her agency. So, I mean, hopefully she opens that package one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like the... The hardest part, obviously, is like getting it out to people and getting more yeah. people to read um, yeah. because you work so hard on it. So you want to get that out. But you're on a podcast, which is true. It's like taking yeah. opportunities to interview, uh, yeah, letting your readers get to know you. And you're my second that I've done. And my first was uh, my friend. He likes to review movies with his, mat, with his brother. And they, uh, they invited me to talk about Terminator. Then they said, oh, I'll talk about the writing a little bit. So hopefully that is come to fruition at some point and we're going to do it again once Black Widow comes out hopefully next yes. year. <laughs> yes. So um, what are you most excited for coming up? Um, excited. Um, so Icarus Falling comes out next month on the 4th of December Australia time. So it would be the third over in um, North America and Europe most, mostly. So I'm looking forward to that. It's all ready to go. Just I'm trying, doing my best building up the uh, awareness of it. So I'm just in, doing as much Insta as possible and hopefully um, word of mouth helps out as well. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, next in January, the sequel to Chaos Surging will be coming out. I just need to get the, um, the manuscript formatted for ebook and um, paperback and then get a cover made for that one. So yeah. Um, back to the um, self-publishing side, um, it just can be deceptively easy to do the formatting yourself and then that's one, like, you're paying for everything when you self-publish, but then some things you can do which uh, can be free if you know how to do it right, so that's definitely formatting via Word, Word 10. I don't know if you have a different name for it over Yeah, it's the same, it's the same. Yeah, so um, just the, the tutorials are very helpful. And, um, when I was sorting out the paperback for Icarus, 
the one thing that was really putting the secretive gun to my head was um in some books you find some pages don't have numbers as page numbers at the bottom or anywhere and that's possibly just because it's um a chapter chapter page or something like that i found the easiest hack to sort that one sort that part out and i don't know it took like i was looking at looking at these tutorials i mean i'm not getting these at all they're not giving me what i want and then one guy says i'll just put it like like white circle over the numbers you don't want printed out oh god there's like 50 seconds left and it's like very sorry so yeah just some things are very deceptively easy to accomplish it's like when i was um backpacking malaysia i was like this is a really easy country to get around it's like one of the um i was had that realization over there and then it happened again a couple of weeks ago sorting out the paper pack so <laughs> Every, some things can be very, very, very easy to accomplish. Yeah, I know the, I know the pain. Uh, mm -hmm. I was formatting uh, the book just to get a, to get a draft copy. I like to have it physical, and um, getting that page number to disappear. Mm -hmm. Had to use the page break. Had to unlink to the rest, but yeah. continuous. The whole it, it is a. That was the process. For they should make it so much easier than this. Yeah. It's, um, it's still learning a lot. There's probably going to be an easier way to come do things in a couple of years' time. So, um, but yes, some things, even a novice, a novice would be able to would get their head around pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I'm thinking about right now is yep. like, when you created the story, when you created the world, what was that world building process like? I feel like I haven't talked to anyone about the world building and their stories. Um, Icarus is firmly set in reality, well, our reality. So we'll put that aside, talk about chaos surging. That's the full on fantasy in that. So easiest way to say is it's set in basically our world, but with superpowers. So um, the case was, um, I wanted my empowered people to be stand apart from others as best as I could. So each one of them is able to manipulate something with either within themselves or around them. So for example, uh, my MC can control water. So that's him controlling something around him. And that the other one, she's has precognition, pre so it can see the future. So that's She's manipulating her understanding within herself. That's probably the best, easiest way to explain that. Mm. And it varies from character to character. So that's their power, that's their abilities explained. And they're able to create new ones called threshing, crossing the threshold to attain a new power. That's how it's pretty much worded in the book. And yeah, I was mostly just focused on um, the people themselves and uh, yeah just that was the that's the world building of that it's the people themselves and their history where they came from mm. what they came from so that's explained <laughs> in book two i do not want to drop a spoiler because someone might be really enjoying this book one right now and i don't want to spoil that for them <laughs> and as i said earlier it's um very dystopian so you think of um uh the x-men just for example humans and humans do not get along very well. Some of them do, et cetera. So I was um, 
years ago when I thought about this, I thought I'd be researching history, bad things, so Holocaust, slavery, don't want to get political, too political there, and a lot of the bad things. However, I've been more leaning towards looking at the news as opposed to the history books, which mm. is possibly really confronting, to be honest. It's like, I was like telling people this same thing. I I just read what happened here. I don't know why it's still happening. I don't know, etc. So I've definitely drawn a lot from that. So in regards, that's the world building, I'd say, best I can, best answer I can give you. Just, I've created more people building and then drawing from current events to illustrate what they're all enduring at the time of the rape. Yeah, I like that because I feel like a lot of world building is building the that like history of people. Where did they come from? How did they get this? How did where these powers came from? I feel like that's the most interesting stuff about a story. It's like how do they control it? Like we're learning all about them. I think that's that's super cool. Yeah, so book one sort of illustrates the people themselves and like the sort of sets the rules. Then book two explains where those came from. Then book three is gonna really give a lot of resolution that's that's the plan so definitely book one oh again back to sensei that was um they wanted to explain the, the people first in the first season then season two sort of builds on the plot itself and all the extra deep extra details so that's sort of what i was using that for inspiration yeah yeah that's awesome like I love I love that like mapping out of the story because I do feel like if you have how many books are you um planning for that uh, long fourteen year old may want to do seven but now I'm just three now so um, I wrote the first book then at the time I wanted to do traditional publisher but I can't write the other two unless the first one is gets picked up and that wasn't guaranteed so that's probably one of the reasons why I chose to do self-publishing. Then I start start on book two, and like I'm just realizing there's just so much I have to do. I'm so inexperienced with writing a sequel right now. <laughs> so it's definitely a lot of balancing out. Um, definitely where the characters have come in, and definitely how you write it. I'd say because there's a big time gap between book one and book two, mm. and this case of um. Oh, just trying to find the right way to word this. It's, um, uh, just don't want to write this way. Oh, something that like, happened like this before. Like trying to avoid the usage of before, I think, mm. is what I was using it doing, trying to achieve a lot of in book two. I really hope I haven't confused anyone. Um, yeah, so um, definitely. Um, character growth and progression to see where they all are in part in the second part and how they got there without getting too encyclopedia-ish, let's say. Yeah, so I don't know how TV writers have been doing this for years. It's, a, it's definitely, it was definitely a learning experience, that part. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely seems like it's something that you get used to as you're going through it. Yeah, um, hence the, hence the, you know, you start, had the idea at 14 and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it took, uh, took a while to execute. Yeah, um, basically, I was sort of looking at it. Um, take 
take the Marvel movies, for example, they've built, they've drawn, they've taken a lot from decades of comic books, different characters, plot lines, etc. Um, I was sort of seeing it, seeing it like that because originally seven books, it's a big mess that I had in my head years ago. But I was sort of taking little bits and pieces from each one and sort of building it, building on those and creating something new. So sort of describe it like that in, in a way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I don't want to keep you too long. Not at all. Okay, perfect. So I wanted to ask a few more questions about their, your upcoming release. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were making the main character, uh, what, was, what was the hardest part of making that character? So I say with Icarus, the main character, he gets his point of view section at the end of the read, but I um, sort of wanted to convey his story. The hardest part was getting his story, but telling it through others and their stories. So that was probably the trickiest part with Marcus, who's my activist in Icarus Falling. With my, um, with Chaos, it has two MCs, but I, one reviewer said you could have, you sort of lean towards one instead of the other, which I agree with her now. So I want to try and fix that in future, future parts. Um, I really wanted to write anti-heroes for Chaos, because I, I was reading, I've been really fascinated by that, by different anti-heroes for years and how each of them, um, basically they're prepared, they're prepared to do the wrong thing to ensure the right results. That's my perception of them. Mm. So just because I've really inexperienced in that area when I was writing it. So plus I wanted really wanted to um screw with the reader at some point. <laughs> yeah, so I was really wanted to write anti-hero stories and my understanding, my belief is you've got to screw with the reader when you're telling those type of characters. Yeah, so but the trickiest part was um not giving anything away before the big bombshell moment. Mm. How how um how do you write those moments? Um, uh, yeah, how do you I, write those those moments without giving it away? Oh, I'm like, I was read. I don't know if you've heard of um Jay Kristoff. He's an Aussie yes. writer. Yep. So I've read his um Storm Dancer, the first in his Lotus War trilogy, and got the character. I don't want to spoil it for others, but like one character, you realize at the very end. He, she has always had this profound ability to basically the um, save the day pretty much or something like that. So my trick was um, just uh, just have the um, plot that you want to include, but just do not mention it whatsoever. Do not allude to it. Do not basically forget all about it and just like, all right put in here, but you know, at the time that it will work and you've done everything you can to allude to it, but enough to screw someone over. <laughs> I love that because, um, so myself and my brother, we have, we have like a very similar moment to that. We had outlined a story and we wanted to leave like a small nugget for like the readers to see that if you were like really reading closely, you'd find it. And my brother, I, like, he's the co-author, so he's he's reading everything closely. And he didn't like it once he read it. Like, he didn't like it. He didn't like it because he felt like it gave away too much. And uh, so we removed it. 
and we removed it and it honestly read so much better without it because everything leading up to the moment would suggest that it's possible but yeah but it just you don't ever you can't see it coming unless you're really really reading uh so i like i like that you have that in the story it makes it, it makes me want to read it right now <laughs> Yes, um, well, on Amazon, so ebook or paperback, you're able to get get a hand, get your hands on it easy where you are. So, um, yeah, just um, if you've got a big bomb, big bombshell moment, just like um, just write it. Oh, just do not use do any foreshadowing whatsoever, because then I mean, you get the best result at the end of it. That's my opinion of that. Mm. Yeah, it's like you, you can't you can't give it away because. If you could see it coming too far, like it has to be in the realm of possibility, but if you can see it coming, then it just ruins it. Yeah, it's like I'm thinking back to when I um, watched Prometheus years ago when it came out. I'm thinking you can be blind and see half the plot coming at the end. Oh, God, I just like, that's my, oh. It's set up too much. They set up too much, and then it's not fun. And uh, that really disappointed me, that storytelling. So I've I've really enjoyed our time together. I want to give you another chance to plug um, to plug the book where people can find um, Icarus and when that's coming out. Yeah. So um, yeah. So Icarus Falling it will be out. I'd say December third in North America. I think that's the right way to look at it. December fourth in Australia. It's having it the first time going. Um, it is thriller, corporate thriller, basically my fit pitch. That I describe it is human becomes a demon, demon becomes joins the corporate world, things get interesting. So that's my fit pitch for Icarus and December 4th on Amazon. Then um Chaos Surging, that's already out. That was my little um COVID project, you could say. They were saying, you've lost your job, put your energy into something for you. And that's I thought published. That's already on Amazon. Fit pitch. This is probably received a bit of probably the best way to describe it. Some Brokeback Mountain X Men choosing to fight back Malcolm X style. That's my fit pitch for that one. And yeah, that's already available on Amazon. So yeah, yeah. All right. And where can they find you on social media? Oh, Instagram. So I'm Barbara the writer on Instagram and on Facebook. There'll be um. Yeah, there's a little comment, there's a little link uh, description at the end of the read if you make it that far. And there, yeah. All right. It should be, a web, should be a website, but I just haven't built one up yet. Hey, you know, it's all coming. <laughs> It'll be here soon enough. Yeah. So thank you so much for, for this conversation. I really appreciate um, having you on. And I feel like we've had, this has been a lot of fun for me. No worries. Thank you for having me. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at Inspired by Jamil and check out my website, inspiredbyjamil.com, for more resources. Peace. Uh. Yeah. Baby, let me just. Can I just say something? Yeah, you know when I run to, I can tell that's not you. Feeling yourself, know the feeling not hostile. Always stand by you.